Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. That was good. That was good. You were happy about that, huh? About Salah and the fact that you didn't hear that mumbling and bumbling, stumbling explanation? Has no answer or is not prepared to answer honestly about why Zach Wilson is still playing, and that happened on live radio on uh, ESPN New York. No, I had not heard it. That was beyond anything I can believe. That was ridiculous. But he's protecting someone. I don't think so. Someone wants him to play. But but again, he basically said, "I don't I don't know, I don't know why he's playing quarterback anymore." But then break well, ranks, right. start Simeon, start winning games. What are they going to do? Fire you? Hey, he's saying, Robert, come on, what are we doing? This is bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> it might actually be the best thing he could do. So got to take a global view. <laughs> he's going to do all this for the organization, and then what do you think is going to happen? Going to get fired. Yep. So why not just save yourself if that's what's happening? It's the same thing. I mean, it's- I mean, we saw what, what happened. By the way, what happened with the Golden Knights with Pete DeBoer when he played the good soldier down the stretch a couple of years ago? Fired. Right? He played along, and he gave little hints. Blink twice if you're in danger. He get, right? He gave little hints about why Robin Leonard was out there. And we're like, hmm, that sounds weird. Like, um, like he's basically saying, I don't, yeah, I don't know why he's out there. He's not healthy. <laughs> like, aren't you the and, then, and then at the end of the season, no, I'm talking about Pete no, DeBoer. No, and then at that, the end yeah. of the season, they're like, yeah, you're fired. Yeah. Wait, I played along and I fired? Such a good answer. I don't know. Dangerous game they play. Don't you make the choice? That solid answer is unbelievable. Really crazy. All right, 4 o'clock hours here. Reno is in ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. we got a lot coming up this hour, including Brad Powers at 445. Leans and likes in college football. But let's talk some basketball, a little bit of football, and get the latest from up north. Shannon Kelly is with us from Nevada Sportsnet with John Von Tobel, Cofield, and Damon. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. It's Thursday. Yes. Weekend's almost here. Yes. And now we have basketball. Now we have college basketball. Yes, we do. So that's probably a good thing for Reno with the way the uh, football season has gone at times. So let's let's uh, push back football a little bit and come right out of the gates here with what's going on on the basketball front. So the opener went down a couple days ago. So what did you think? Uh, a win? for Steve Offord and company over Sac State. Yeah, it was a win. I mean, it wasn't an easy win for the pack by any stretch there, but a uh, win, it was a solid victory. I mean, Nevada, you know, came out, couldn't really find an offensive rhythm early on there, but then started to kind of settle in after halftime, and, and Sacramento State went on a late run there with about seven minutes or so left to play, went on a 12-0 run, but, you know, Nevada's defense was able to, to clamp down and, and, you know, Keenan Blackshear, Jared Lucas were able to make some big plays, Trey Coleman defensively there to make some big plays. And, you know, sure enough, Nevada was able to, to get the win, but it was exciting to see, especially adding in uh, some new freshmen in the mix this year and Tyler Rollison and, and Jazz Gardner, uh, just to see, you know, small glimpses of hopefully what their potential can be for the pack this season. So when you watch that overall, who would you say stuck out? Who would you go to bat for? That's a great question. I mean, because I feel like it was kind of a mix of everybody, you know, kind of doing different things. Um, I mean, Jared Lucas, he, you know, led the pack with 18 points. But I think, honestly, Trey Coleman, though, his defense, while it might not necessarily show it on the stat sheet, but his defense switched out once again. And, you know, that's – that's been huge for Nevada these last couple of seasons. Um, 
But yeah, I really liked what he was able to do. And even Nick Davidson had some big plays as well. Um, so I feel like it's almost kind of tough to pinpoint one guy per se because everybody kind of came in and, and did some, some good things. All right, my joke went completely flat. I, I said bat, like really with emphasis. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with these bats? Because I, I looked this up, and I actually think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, in general, bats seek out a variety of daytime retreats such as caves, uh, crevices, old buildings, uh, vacant areas which nobody wants to be in. That kind of describes Reno, so I think that makes sense. Yeah. Well, when you actually said the one player, I was thinking, you know what, I might have to throw you a curveball here and say the bats stood out because they did. They were swarming the floor. I mean, we saw them all pregame. And this has happened before. Multiple. I mean, multiple. There were probably at least five to six bats swarming the court when they stopped the game. No no exaggeration. That's the bats. They made the largest impact, actually, on the game. Here, I give the bats the MVP. So, for what, what, night. so first off, what do you do? Did they just wait till they went away? How did they get the game going? And then I saw Alford actually said something about this. Like, this is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He said after, he said, you know, these bats are a real thing, and this has got to stop. We're a Division One program. Oh, wow. Have, yeah. have got to go away. We have to do something about this because he's like, I don't want, you know, if we're on a good run or whoever's on a run, you know, if one team has momentum, I don't want there to be stoppages because of the bat. Um, if Coach Neal actually was, you know, on the floor trying to throw towels Stop. at the bat. Was he? Yes. <laughs> yes. Noodles was out there Noodles. trying to be the bat, the bat catcher? Noodles was trying to be the bat catcher. Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was really funny. But, I mean, Coach Alford was serious. He was like, you know, these bats have, have got to go. You know, we're – we're a Division One basketball program. We got to get this figured out. Meanwhile, Jared Lucas said after that he liked the bats. So, I think the players might feel a little differently about mm. it. But um, I assume he, I assume everyone here in studio is afraid of bats. Like, would anyone here go up and try to grab a bat? You ever look at a bat close up? And you know right. about rabies, right? <laughs> no, oh, it's yeah. rabies, Steve. Not everyone does. No, I genuinely that thing. What are you talking about? I mean, can you imagine? Imagine all for after this rant, all for like. They're on a hot streak. It's game four of the Mountain West Conference season, and Keenan Blackshear gets bit and gets rabies and is out like two weeks. I mean, rabies is a little bit more than two weeks. Is it? it, it it's, it's, Don't you have to get like 60 shots in your stomach, too? It's like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My God. I've heard you have to get a lot of shots. My oh, dad's God. friend was bit by a bat. Oh, really? Utah once. Yeah. Uh, it was a few years back, so I just remember my dad mentioning he had to get a lot of shots. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would not be good. I mean – it's yeah. Halloween was last week. The bats need to go away. Shannon, at what point when, when this stoppage happened with Sacramento State going on a run? Is, is there a shot that this was purposeful and that somebody released the bats to kind of stem the tide? <laughs> release the bats! Oh man. Well, you know, Sacramento State was on a run there at that oh, wow. point. So I mean, it is unfortunate for them that stopped them. But I mean, the bats were around pregame. The bats were swarming around before the game even started. So we've. Um, um, on the I would ba- think no. Okay. <laughs> On the basketball front, we've talked a lot about Hunter McIntosh, actually mm-hmm. healthy, healthy. So what did we say? Yeah, and you know what? You know what? In the first half, he did some really great things. I would say, you know, my first half MVP, he, he was my first half MVP. Right. Um, no, he came in off the bench. I mean, he scored all 12 of his points there and really started to help the offense gain some momentum there in that game. Um, I think it just shows, you know, if Nevada were to have him last year, like, what how he how he could have helped uh how he could have helped the offense but i thought he did really well i mean for his first you know 
season now back. Um, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, he's able to play a full season here. But I thought he did really well and helped spark the Pac's offense there on their backcourt. How was the crowd at Lawler? It was pretty good. There was about 7,000 fans. Um, you know, I thought maybe there would have been a little bit more. Granted, it was a Tuesday night. Yes, the game was at 7 o'clock, but, you know, if you have work, if you have kids and whatnot, maybe, you, you know, you couldn't make it out. But I thought it was a pretty decent crowd for a season opener. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, and even right before the game started, there wasn't that many people in there. It took a while for everybody to kind of trickle in. Um, so it's hard to really tell at first. But by halftime, it was, you know, decent crowd. And everybody stayed for the whole game. All right, on to football. What happened? Not good. Yeah. Not good. It was not a not a good uh, showing by the Wolf Pack. Seventeen nothing at the Hawaii. half. Yep, seventeen nothing at the half. Yeah, Nevada. They just struggled to to put together drives. I mean, they couldn't. Com- Brendan Lewis didn't complete a uh, pass until the second quarter. Um, they just couldn't string the plays together to try and get something going on offense. And then head coach Ken Wilson put in AJ Bianco. He said after the game, he felt like putting in AJ Bianco there in the second quarter gave them the best chance and the best opportunity to try and win the game. And, you know, he made a couple unfortunate mistakes. He threw an interception. They got down to the goal line there late in the fourth quarter. They couldn't come away with some points. Um, but just tough, I mean, to see how they were making progress and, you know, making steps moving forward there, going on that two-game winning streak, and then just almost like taking steps backwards on Saturday. Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet. John Von Tobel, Cofield, what do you got, John? Well, I was curious, just like the vibe around the program, because one of the things that has admittedly impressed me with this team has there is – there's not like a quit there, right? Like even mm-hmm. in all these teams early on, there were blowouts, whatever it was, they seem to fight early on. What are the vibes? Because it does seem like it's a team that will not kind of back down, that they are still together, at least from an outsider's perspective. No, and it seems that way. I mean, when you're on the sidelines, it seems like they're not just standing there giving up. I mean, it seems like, you know, they want to be there. And even they said after the game, you know, Sean Dollars, the running back, he said, he said, I love these guys. I love this offensive line. I love this group of guys and you know we're going to keep going out there and and fighting like they're going to keep going out there and sticking together and that's something Ken Wilson has said throughout the season as well that these guys haven't turned their backs on each other and they've stuck together as a group and they trust their coaches and so we'll see you know there's a couple games left but um, as you said that from your perspective I would say that that is true that these guys have have stuck together and they're just trying to keep plugging along one game at a time. Uh, what do we got the rest of the week on uh, Nevada Sportsnet? It looks like a uh, football game coming up against Utah State. you got a regional title high school football game and then some nights action, right? We do, yeah. We have regional football tomorrow night. Uh, Bishop Minogue hosts Spanish Springs for the 5A Division II regional title. So we have that on Nevada Sportsnet tomorrow night. We also have... Vegas Golden Knights game on tomorrow night as well. And then tonight we have Wolfpack women's basketball. They begin their season hosting Sacramento State. And we have Nevada at Utah State Saturday afternoon as well at noon. So busy rest of the week for sure. All right. We'll have fun covering all this and we'll uh, we'll get with you next Tuesday, okay? All right. Sounds great. Have a good weekend, guys. There she is. Shannon Kelly. Shannon Kelly underscore TV on Twitter. Uh, I was tracking... You know, Alford is a good coach, but 
not always the easiest guy to play for, and they've had an issue with transfers out. The list of transfers recently, Darian Williams, who got some time in here at Gorman, he went to Texas Tech. Texas Tech won their first game. He had 14. Warren Washington is still playing college basketball. He went to Nevada. Actually, did he go to – was it Oregon State or Washington State? I think it was Oregon State. Yeah, I'll look this up now. Yeah, he's uh, Arizona State last time around. Right, so Pac-12 to Nevada to the Pac-12 again, and now he's with Texas Tech. He had eight points and 12 rebounds. Yeah, wow. That's interesting that he's eligible as a four-time transfer. And it doesn't look like the Rebels are going to get a second-time transfer approved. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the NCAA is uh, making it up as yeah, they go Kind of random. Yeah. What was the Pac-12 school he started at? Oregon State. Oregon State, okay. Um, by the way, Will Baker also left. Now, Washington was two years ago. Will Baker, their seven-footer, who for some reason could not play against UNLV at seven foot and 240 pounds as stretch elements. He debuted with LSU, ready for this one, mm-hmm. and they, they crushed an opponent. 19 minutes, Will Baker had 29 points and five rebounds in 19 minutes. A couple of threes. He's a good player. That's a big loss. Now, I think they've replenished pretty well, but it is going to be something that I think Alford needs to work on to be able have a little more continuity year to year so that he's not losing five guys a year. But they came out a winner. UNLV did not. So they have it on him early in the season. We roll on. This hour is presented by Battleborn Injury Alerts. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, let's get you ready for another week in the NFL and the Raiders game on Sunday Night Football against the Jets. Well, that was a different Raiders team, and uh, clearly the mood changed in the middle of last week. Stanford Rout is with us, a former Raider. Stanford, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, fellas. Happy Thursday to you. I guess correct me on this one if I say the mood change is crazy. But did you see something like this coming where uh, there's just a, a sigh of relief with Josh McDaniels gone? And it, it, clearly the players maybe felt a, a little bit uh, put on and there's a different attitude around the organization now. Oh, man. One of my classic lead-ins. He'll, he'll pop in in a second. Our connection. <coughs> there he is. Okay. Yeah. You guys got me? Yeah, you're cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah, uh, talk about the attitude change that we saw publicly with uh, some of the stuff in the locker room and then the performance. Yeah, you know, uh, I had no idea that it was that bad around the facility. Obviously, uh, after you see the firing, then they bring in – I'm sorry, they promote uh, Antonio Pierce to interim head coach. And when you watch the video after the game of the players celebrating the cigars and everything like that, obviously – you know the Max Crosby's of the world, the Devontae Adams of the world. They're not acting like that because they beat the New York Giants, for crying out loud. They know that. That signified to me the sense of relief and the weight being lifted off their shoulders that Josh McDaniels brought to the organization as far as how they had the lengthy team meetings and how there were times where Josh McDaniels didn't really take accountability for a bad play call. He wants to just point it at one of the players for simply not executing. And that can wear on you. And it just shows that how bad it was around the facility, not just game day, 
and they're losing, but just how bad it was on a day-to-day basis going to work when you're feeling already defeated just by who you have running the show. So it definitely is a mood change among the among uh, those 53 men inside those four walls. Stanford, looking at just the plain relief of this team after Josh McDaniels is gone and seeing what has happened in the two stops that he has been at, is he ever a head coach again in the NFL? Stranger things have happened. So uh, my first instinct is to tell me that, no, he'll never be a head coach again. But stranger things have happened. And we all know in this league, all you have to do is be able to convince one owner that you should run his franchise. So a lot of guys can simply interview well. They can simply talk a good talk and they can actually bamboozle somebody into becoming the head coach of their organization. So I would venture to say no. But like I just said, stranger things have happened. And I've learned in my years on this planet that there have been times where I've said, oh, no, that'll never happen or we'll never see that again. And I live to be stand corrected. So uh, I want to say no, but nothing surprises me anymore. With Antonio Pierce, it seems like Raider Nation has really gotten behind him, him growing up a Raider fan and him being he embodies what the Raiders represent. Do you think that there's any shot he can keep this job? I think that if the Raiders were to finish above 500, because, you know, you can't finish 500 anymore now that there's 17 games. If the Raiders were to finish above 500, I think he has a shot. Does that mean it's going to happen? No, but I think he has a shot. And I think that when you look at how Mark Davis has went to go get John Gruden, that didn't work out. Then he gets Josh McDaniels. That didn't work out, obviously. For Mark Davis... He's been wanting more of a splash, more of a big name, a provocative name, things like that, and that hasn't worked. Well, now Antonio Pierce, former player, Super Bowl winning uh, linebacker for the New York Giants years ago, now he's the interim. Well, clearly, Max Crosby, your best player on defense, is behind him. Clearly, Devontae Adams, your best player on offense, is behind him. Josh Jacobs is clearly behind him. Your best players are behind him. And if the Raiders were to get an above 500 record to end the season, those guys being behind him, those guys being advocates for him. I just feel like if Mark Davis was to then go outside the organization, bring somebody else in, which essentially would put Antonio Pierce back at the linebacker coach coach position, which he probably would not want to go back to, so he probably would just leave the Raiders altogether. I just think that would draw the ire of the top players on the team, and I just think that that would just be a recipe for a bad situation or just a bad relationship walking in the front door for the next head coach. So I think that, once again, like I said, if uh, if the Raiders were to finish above 500, I think that he has a shot. Again, we're talking to Stanford Route from the Believe in Raiders podcast. Antonio Pierce, he mentioned earlier this week that they can't just have that emotional energy that they had last week. Eventually, it's going to wear off. So what do you think that message is leading into the Jets game? Oh, it simply is uh, study your playbook. Read your keys. Actually go out there and know situational football and be able to execute because I'm right there with him. Yeah, Josh McDaniels gets fired the day right after they get beat down by the Detroit Lions on Halloween evening. So, yeah, it's a sense of relief. Now you're playing, you're you're rejuvenated. Now you just feel like a new person. We all know that level of emotion, it's going to wear off. You can't sustain that. Now it just comes down to good old football, blocking, tackling, 
catching and throwing. Can you do that better than the other team at a high level more consistently throughout the course of four quarters? Can you do that? So I understand exactly what Coach Pierce is saying, and I think that he's spot on because, yeah, you're not going to be able to sustain that level of emotion, that emotional high throughout the remainder of the season. It comes down to the fundamentals. It comes down to the basics. The New York Jets, obviously, they lost Monday night football to the Los Angeles Chargers. But coming in Sunday evening, big time, Allegiant Stadium in Sin City, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. So they're definitely going to try to get a W because those Jets, if they feel that, and you heard Aaron Rodgers say it, if they're in playoff contention, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers may come back somewhere around uh, the middle part of December. So right now they're playing to get their quarterback back, hopefully, in another month. Longtime NFL DB and host of Believe in Raiders podcast, Stanford Route with us. So Stanford, I was making the case last week, and I still stand by this. For Raiders fans, don't let one result fool you. You should be angry at what this is happening. This is the fourth year in Las Vegas. It's the fourth head coach. And I'm not a proponent of you know confronting Mark Davis in his owner's box out in Chargers games, but you should be angry with Mark Davis. Get this right. You got a lot of money for that stadium. We spent a lot of money on tickets. Get this right and stop putting a subpar product out there and getting this wrong with the head coach. Well, yeah, definitely uh, any fan would be frustrated with what the Raiders have produced ever since they became the Las Vegas Raiders. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, from a, somebody who's from – from a fan perspective, from the Raider Nation perspective, from the essential, the black, the new black hole at Allegiant Stadium uh, perspective, absolutely. Because you pay your hard-earned money to go to the stadium. If you're from the state of California or you're from a neighboring state, you're then traveling to Sin City versus Oakland, California, which it was for a number of years. You definitely want to make sure that you are putting the right product out there if you're Mark Davis because you don't want to alienate your fan base. Okay, you know what? You went after John Gruden. John Gruden was a stud coach before he went into the broadcasting booth. Okay, understood. Josh McDaniels, he's been under Bill Belichick for a number of years, won multiple Super Bowls. Tom Brady swears by him. So I can see why he went after Josh McDaniels. I get it. But now that you're 0 for 2, now you're not really going to be able to get that pass anymore. Nobody's going to make excuses for you anymore. And I think that for Mark Davis, I think that it's a very imperative situation right now. It's incumbent upon him that you have to know the difference in do you want to go after the big name, the splash, or do you want to go for the guy who's the best person to run your franchise? Because the best person to run your franchise may simply be some nondescript, no-name guy yep. who was probably a position coach or maybe a coordinator somewhere else. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. But you have to be willing to go ahead and make that hire that people are going to, wait, what? Who they are? You got to be willing to do that if you're trying to get it right and you want to have the right person to run your franchise. And presently assembled i think antonio pierce has a good say so for an opportunity of being the permanent head coach sit tight here for a second we're going to play a sound bite here's a splashy name presented by a dude named uh, pete prisco at cbs i'll throw a name out there ready prime time <laughs> how about Deion sanders he could be an nfl head coach it's not that complicated it's football tell mark davis it's not that complicated what about that splashy name, Deion Sanders, for the Raiders? 
Oh, I think that uh, obviously anybody that knows me knows that there's no bigger I'm there's no there's no bigger fan of Deion Sanders All other right. than myself. Right. Uh, so next year, I get the feeling like Deion Sanders is going to stay for one more year at Colorado just to make sure that uh, he sees his sons out. They're going to be returning uh, Colorado, obviously quarterback and safety respectively. So I feel like 2024 prime is not even an option. That's what I feel. Who knows? Maybe something may change. That's just my personal opinion. But I think that uh, you will start to see a changing of the guard as far as seeing more former players becoming head coaches, whether it's college football or the NFL. So um, I think that uh, for Mark Davis, he really needs to do his due diligence and whoever that he decides to go ahead and bring in as the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it just needs to be somebody who is the best person for the job, not the person who is going to help ticket sales, the person that's going to give more notoriety and things like that. You're in Sin City. You're the Las Vegas Raiders. You're the silver and black. You're one of the most storied franchises in all of the NFL, in all of NFL history. I don't think the Raiders need more publicity or they need to have a bigger prestige. I don't think they do. I just think they need to win games. And then just like you've always, you've always uh, heard it, if you build it, they will come. Follow Stanford up on Twitter at SRoute26. Believe in Raiders podcast. We're up against it, my friend. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, you guys be good. Be safe. There he is. Stanford route. Wait, does he want to? So in the end, he came around to he doesn't want no. Dion. But he also said he's not going to be available because I saw you roll your eyes and I was like, you better cozy up to the mic. But we ran out of time. So we'll revisit that on the other side. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lures. Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Twenty-five minutes away from handing it off to Thursday Night Football. The Bears and the Panthers. I have a feeling we may get a no play from Brad Powers, but that's not guaranteed. Hey, if you can bet on games, even if it's pizza money, that uh, phrase that Mitch and Paul coined, you can still find a reason to play it. I think they did. You think they coined the phrase? Of course they did. <laughs> Tried and true. I'm a soldier, my friend. Yes, you are. A loyal V-SIN soldier. John Von Tobel is here. He's part of Cofield and Company, but his main gig, his loyalty lies with the V-SIN crew. So make sure you uh, listen to what John's doing. What is your latest schedule? Because I know you're starting to do some filling now with uh, Tim Murray in in the slot. Yeah. You just want on air or you want everything? Everything, yeah. Pop, right. pop what you're doing because people need, especially the NBA. You were doing right. so much work on the NBA. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Demond's cracking his knuckles. Uh, all right. Monday through Friday, Harvard Handicappers posted every single day. Your boy is on it every single day. Gets up at about 11 a.m. Pacific time. Breaks down every single game on the NBA card of that day. That's Monday through Friday. Podcast every single day. I will be on with Tim Murray from now on in the foreseeable future on Vison Prime Time Tuesdays and Fridays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Watch and listen to that instead of this. It's very good. Saturdays, live bet Saturday. That, of course, will be from uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. College lines revealed, which, which we look at the opening lines of the next week of college football. will be on Sundays from 10 to 12. 
and Steve, written work every day, Monday through Friday, breaking down the NBA card up on the website. Sundays, I have a College Lines Revealed piece that goes up as well. Fridays, I have an NBA model piece that goes up. Thursdays, have an NFL model piece that goes up. And Jeez. that's it. Okay. Wow. All right. By the way, you know we're not competition if you're on three to six. What does that mean? Well, yeah. a lot of your stuff, VEASAN stuff, runs on 12.30 the game, which is in-house here at Lotus. So. All right, so listen to that and yeah. support Lotus Broadcast. I, yeah, I'm fully behind that. We I, always, I expect tell, Mon to make a stinger for me. We tell, yeah, Why are I, you listening to this? Yeah. You listen to John <laughs> I actually did that. Uh, I, I, I wanted a stinger a while back like that, and I actually said, stop listening to us, listen to so-and-so. And the bosses were like, eh, too much. I'm like, why? Team player. That's right. Right? I just saw Millard. They're probably doing something wonderful on VGK right now. Q Myers on Raider Nation Radio 920 is on until 5 o'clock, and uh, V-Sin's on 1230 the game. And I'm, I'm sure Millard's telling his folks to do the same thing. He might be. He might be. He really likes his show. He gets a kick out of it. Look at how fun we are. Him and Adam almost talked about the West Wing for about 30 minutes yesterday. Yeah, that was crazy. Adam's time and play sometimes, he, uh, he's, not a, he's not a clock watcher. When I heard him start to talk West Wing, I was like, you guys have like 90 seconds left. Isn't that show like 30 years old? Yes. <laughs> but, it, but it is a super um, cultish, respected show. Like there's tons of blogs on it. and It was a good show. You never watched it? No. It was a very good show. We have on Tuesdays on Prime Primetime, we have like one of the creators and producers of, um, wow, I'm already forgetting. What's the show? Ari Gold. Uh, Entourage. En- Entourage. I was going to say Encore. Uh, we have like the like the main producer and creator of the show on Mark every Wahlberg? Tuesday. No, it's one of the other guys, Dan Ellen. Well, I can't remember your it's name. Quite, it's quite a promotion. Uh, well, it's promotion, but it's like I'm lost every time because like yeah. I've never watched the show. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. How about you do a little homework? Yeah, why don't you do it? What well, do you so do? here's my thing. Hey, so Phil now Sims, that I'm do a little research. Well, now that I'm so now that I'm going to be on every Tuesday. Okay. My bit that I produced that that I you know submitted to Ellen was I'm going to start watching the show now. And so every Tuesday we can do like an episode recap. Report, like, all right, okay. Yeah, season one, episode one, hated it. What are we doing here? Um, this show got, doesn't have legs. You got right. You just kill it. <laughs> you got thirty-five seconds. Dion of the Raiders. I just think we just went through this. Come on, you're not going Come for on. splash. You're going for substance. Dion could very well be a good head coach one day. We have no idea. I'm never going to say that he's not. The Raiders cannot do it. The Raiders can't. That do can't it. be the organization. As I just said, all the money you got, get somebody a substance and get this right. Because I, I, as a Raiders insider, mm, you're sticking a local. up for the people and you're a guy a who's a local who's helped pay for that tax money. Get it right. 766-1400 is the number for Battleborn Injury Lawyers offices in downtown Vegas, Vegas. Henderson and, of course, Reno. Got to dial 775 in the north. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Our favorite spot of the week. Sports betting. This guy actually bets. Full disclosure, when he struggles, he's our favorite. Brad Powers is up with us. Brad, what's going on, buddy? Oh, so uh, I, since I struggled a little bit this year, that I become your favorite. Now you, you prefer you, when I struggle. No, 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 no. I actually, <laughs> I'm I actually, I, uh, I, I feel uncomfortable sometimes when you when you get down in the dumps, and I'm like, you're good, man. You're good. Keep going. You're gonna bounce back. Um, Brad, what are you wearing today? <laughs> okay, what is what's going on here? 
It's got weird. Uh, what do you mean, hat wise or what? Yeah, I mean, to, to, to fill people in on the inside joke, he was, I was on uh, with Brad on Tuesday, and one of our producers made an innocuous comment like, is that a UNC hat? And then he appeared on camera in a very <laughs> obvious UNC hat. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, You don't have to just make conversation to make conversation. Exactly. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah. meant, uh, I meant what I was saying. I meant yeah. it. Um, all right, what are we doing with Thursday Night Football here? Uh, you know, bad teams are still bettable. Is this game bettable? You got a lean or a like on the Bears and the uh, Panthers? No, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not involved side or total tonight, honestly. Uh, and I, I guess Carolina maybe the hook, but uh, or maybe let's just since it's bad football, let's just go ahead and bet the under. But I wouldn't recommend either one for more than a slice of pizza. Do you believe in the pressure factor when the CFP rankings are out? Because I, I always feel like the favorite team, the teams that are in the top ten, everyone's like, oh, they're easily, you know, they're gonna roll here. They have to win. They gotta, you know, stay in the CFP. Are you worried at all? Um, well, you know, what? tell me what you had on Louisville. I was doing a big setup, but the game started uh, <laughs> five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Uh, what'd you have on Louisville and Virginia? Yeah, I actually leaned for for not the reasons uh, that you were getting ready to mention. I, I leaned Virginia. It took twenty one, so it was still leaned anything above twenty uh, on the Cavs there. Uh, and not that Louisville's feeling pressure or anything like that. It's just numbers play for me. Uh, short week, tough to be laying that kind of number. Is that a hokey take that teams inside the top ten uh, may overlook some of the lesser opponents and and get a little, or just straight out get nervous? No, I don't think that. It might have been a thing when, uh, you know, we didn't have media 24-7 all the time, that these kids have basically been raised their whole life with spotlights. Maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago it might have been a thing. It is now as far as I'm concerned. What are we doing, UNLV, now five and a half against Wyoming on Friday night? Well, I respect the money on UNLV. you got to respect anything on UNLV, considering, I mean, their points for Darlings this year, and they're really so. There's nothing fluky about it. They're a legit, really good team. I mean, I'll make a case that I could go down as the best team in the history of the school. I know everyone wants to talk to the 84 team, but they weren't playing uh, this type of competition. So uh, I haven't bet it yet. Uh, I'm going to – I could lean over, but, you know, because it's kind of intriguing to me, money on UNLV, money on the under. That doesn't, you know, correlate with me. I, I don't see the correlation there. I, I would think if you're betting the under, you like Wyoming, if you like the over UNLV. So I haven't gotten to the window yet. All right, what about a bit, the uh, big game of the week, Michigan-Penn State? Where are you at with this one? You know, I did get to the window on this one, and it's not high confidence. It's just I, I'm just going to you know go ahead and bet the uncertainty. The uncertainty is not necessarily Michigan's off-the-field issues that, that might distract them. It's actually on the field in the fact that, I mean, I'm not saying this because Coalfield's a Rutgers alum, but I, Rutgers is probably the best team Michigan's faced all year. I mean, forget playing a top 25 team. They haven't played a top 40 team yet this year. So what, what is their response going to be when they, they get a little pushback from, from another team? I don't know. I'm not even sure any of the players or the coaches really know because it, and then they haven't been in that scenario. So give me Penn State here. Oregon, USC, hope's still alive for the Pac-12 or the Trojans. They're going to fight. Come on. No. I mean, <laughs> I know their fight song is fight on, but I am – I mean – have you seen any fight at the window? I mean, they failed to cover, what, seven games in a row? Oregon, uh, big in this one. I, I know they got a D.C. change. I mean, I don't know what you can do there. Uh, the personnel is the same. I mean, they, they, have you seen USC against these teams? They look like a high school team oh. as far outside of a couple players like Barry Alexander on defense. Uh, if, if you can't tackle Washington, you're not tackling Oregon. 
So I have a question. Does Oregon correlate to playing this under? Because if you're winning by margin and more than 15, 14 points, I would assume you're holding USC down offensively to a certain extent. Would that correlate to playing the game under? That's a good question. Uh, very tough, regardless of your position on the side, to bet an under on a USC game, considering they're 16-1 in their last 17 games of the over. So uh, I'm not there yet. We did see – here's what we did see today. We saw a ton of over money come into the market went up a point and a half, two points in some books, including at Circa, and yet we didn't see any, any of that reflected on the side. Florida State, uh, over two touchdowns better than Miami? Yeah, they play the full 60-minute effort, which we really haven't seen yet this year out of Florida State. feels like they're, you know, you want to talk about load management in other sports, but it feels like Florida State's Exhibit A in college football. A lot of their players have been sitting out, um, I, and I don't think it's necessarily been – nagging injuries i just think they've been you know the guys have been on snap counts so it'll be interesting in a rivalry game if we see their full effort i do think we see miami's full effort and we if we do i mean obviously the cable you've seen the a&m game you saw the clemson game i'm gonna take as long as you find a hook out there i'm taking the hook with miami here plus 14 and a half any indication if it's a change of quarterback for miami you know, not not that. I mean, considering Tyler Van Dyke has looked far less than 100, percent it's just not going to move the needle too much. Maybe a point or so. Uh, man, my expectation is that Van Dyke will play. Considering our show bet of Colorado getting to seven wins, I need them to win out. So, do you see them at least covering against Arizona here? Uh, I bet Arizona this week. Uh, so I hope not. But I will say on your behalf, man, that Colorado fourth quarter offense looks good. Uh, when they need to get the back door, they get it. So uh, I'd like to see somebody play defense in the fourth quarter against Colorado. But I, I think 10 is a pretty fair number. I, I laid under 10. Uh, if you're telling me you want to bet Colorado at 10.5, I, I, I don't think that's a bad bet, to be perfectly honest there's, with you. There's hope, Demond. There you go. Hmm. Uh, Ole Miss plus 10.5 against Georgia. Yeah, that's um, the lean there. And then not with high confidence, but uh, man, I, I didn't like what I saw from Georgia last week. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on them. I'm grading them on a different scale. But, I mean, the fact that Missouri got 151 rushing yards on them, I had to look it up. I was like, when's the last time they allowed 151 rushing yards to anybody? In fact, it's only happened twice now in the last 56 games. Not saying Ole Miss is going to you know, put 150-plus on them, but I think that they can have somewhat success against the Georgia front, especially with Georgia playing without you know one of their top three players on defense. Dumas Johnson's been you know the man in the middle for them for a couple of years, and he just broke his arm last week. So I'm only with Ole Miss here. In a game that may not eclipse a hundred plays run, which sounds insane, Iowa is one against uh, Rutgers. I lean Rutgers. Uh, I'm hearing Iowa money's going to show, but. I, I can't get there. I In fact, I made Rutgers the road favorite in my power ring. So I, I like the Scarlet Knights in this one, plus the points. I mean, 28, uh, you know, my numbers stay over, but I'm done betting overs in Iowa games. I, I don't care how low these totals get. We got troubles in Boise. I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. Their best receiver just walked. It's like, I'm transfer portal. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, they're having a losing season right now. Uh, this should be an easy win, but is it a 26-point-plus win against New Mexico? You know, I, my power rankings can't get this high, but, I mean, there, you talk about troubles in Boise. Might be troubles in New Mexico. What the hell was with that line move? You want to talk about significant line move 24 hours leading up to kickoff? I mean, UNLV went from 10 to 16, and, I mean, you didn't have to sweat that one at all. I mean, New Mexico got crushed. So, 
I'm worrying about Danny Gonzalez's future down here, down the stretch. So uh, I did not bet the side. Seems pretty fair to me. Seems, and by fair, I mean uh, not worth uh, even putting a slice of pizza bet on this one. I can't even ask. I just don't want this to happen, but I know the answer. Um, my Oklahoma State Cowboys. I bet them to win the conference last week before the Oklahoma game. Sleepy uh, letdown spot against uh, UCF? Yeah, I think it. I mean, the line's telling you that. <laughs> two and a half. I mean, you got you know a team on fire in Oklahoma State's covered five straight by more than two touchdowns per game against a, losing, a team with a losing record. It's only two and a half. Uh, I think Central Florida is the sharper side. Will it get to the window? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there, there is a a matchup disadvantage for Central Florida if you want to bet the dog. The fact that their weakness on defense is stopping the run. You got Ali Gordon on the other side, so that's certainly a concern. But uh, I would not be uh, if Central Florida won the game. Would you be shocked? I wouldn't. I mean, it'd be one of the. Yep, yeah, I, I, I definitely saw that one coming. Some more uh, Pacific and Mountain Time Zone games. Man, Blake Anderson is a good coach at Utah State. Uh, Nevada's not having a good season, but sixteen and a half. He is a really good coach. He's going to beat me in win total. What I thought was one of my strongest positions of the off season, uh, and I, I think he's going to beat me on it or at least push. Uh, I thought it was a win and a half off. That's how good he is. Uh, but it seems to me too much. What gives me hesitancy is a lot of money anti Nevada last week, and I thought they were starting to surge considering that their previous couple performances, and that money ended up being right with Hawaii, you know, beating them. Uh, but 16 and a half, come on. Uh, a little, little pricey there. I'm going to take the one back. Right, I like that. Come on. Brad Powers with us at Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. BradPowerSports.com. Dozens and dozens of picks every week at every level, too. He loves college football, and he's studying it year-round. Um, Utah Plucky against Washington, plus nine and a half? Yeah, in fact, uh, we finally saw Utah Money Show. I, I... I was wondering when it was. I probably should have been a little bit more a part of it. I was waiting to see pens would pop, but uh, we saw it today, and here's why there should be Utah money. This total opened as high as 57.5 at Circa. We are down a touchdown as far as the total. Uh, even from the consensus open, we're down like five points. So, And it's weather-related. Wind, heavy wind, heavy rain. Who is that impact more? I would argue the team that throws it in Washington versus the team that runs a lot more in, in Utah. And if you're going to get suppressed scoring, and the total moves is saying that, well, who's that going to suppress? It's going to suppress Washington, the, the, the touchdown plus favorite, especially with their style of play. So we didn't see any movement on the side until today. I think Utah's the right play. Would not be surprised Utah wins the game outright if this weather holds and it's going to be as bad as expected. Bad spot for Missouri. I feel like they deserve more credit at home. Yeah, I think it is the bad. That, that's why we're sitting here with Tennessee taking some money this yeah. week. As high as two and a half now. Uh, just a Tennessee played a tomato can last week. You look at the snap counts, a lot of their starters only played like 25, 30 snaps. Missouri, meanwhile, I mean, a great effort. I upgraded Missouri's power rating after that performance against Georgia, but that, it, it seems to, you know, that took the toll on, on their team because a couple of defensive starters are banged up. Luther Burden is a very good wide receiver, like second team or first team All American type for Missouri. He's banged up, might not even play Tennessee for me. Last one, and this is a big game in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Fresno State, one of the top teams in the conference, but a dog on the road, short trip against San Jose, getting one. I am part of the San Jose State money train this week. Uh, one of my favorite plays of the week. Just, let's just look at current form, last three, four games. Fresno State has won their last three games. I'll gave by more than 100 yards to Utah State. I'll gave by more than 100 yards against UNLV. UNLV had not won, but twice 
inside the 10-yard line, laying the game to tie and couldn't do it. And then last week, I mean, Boise State allows the 95-yard kick return touchdown on the final play of the first half. They get intercepted in scoring position a couple of times. So uh, I think Fresno State's kind of fraudulent. Mikey Keene's not 100%. San Jose State's fresh off a bye. Their previous three games, all three blowout wins. I would argue that current form, San Jose State's the better team in a better spot at home. So I, I like them here. I agree that they should be favored. Strong close. Brad, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully you win a lot of money this weekend. We'll talk to you. All right. Take care, guys. There he is. Very businesslike. Brad Powers. At Brad Powers 7. Did you laugh when I said, Blake Anderson's a good coach. They're 2-3 and three in conference and 4-5. and five. No, I just laughed because... Because you know that was a shot back to our interview at... Mountain West Conference media. Today. Yeah, with what he's got to deal with at quarterback. He's working with Cooper Lega. Is he back here? I know he got in. He split some time last yep, week. Last week, so if you can overcome that, he's he's a little spacey. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. All right. Well, that sets it up. The Mountain West. I mean, this is going to be humming along here these last couple weeks. A lot of big football games. Enjoy Thursday night football. Panthers and Bears right here. ESPN Las Vegas.